0: to the Mind and Matter Podcast. I'm your host, Lucy Watts. So for today's episode, I am very excited to share with you all an interview that I had with Lena Charles, who is a strong and passionate Indigenous woman who works for the company Clothing the Gap, which is an Indigenous-led social enterprise. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Lena, hello, and thank you so much for joining us on the Mind and Matter podcast.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be tuning in today.
0: Thank you. Can you start off um, by telling us a little bit about yourself and your experience as an Indigenous woman?
1: Yeah. Uh, so my name's Lena Charles, and I'm a Yorta Yorta Gunai Kurnai woman. So um, my traditional country is um, Shepherdon. So two hours north of Melbourne and then um, Gunai Kunai country is down in Gippsland, but grew up in Shepparton my whole life, but been living in um, Melbourne or Wurundjeri country for the past 10 or so years. Um, my experience as an Indigenous woman, it's an interesting question because like, I <laughs> don't have any kind of other experience as any other kind of woman, but I'm, a really, I'm really proud to be um, Aboriginal and I think I'm very... Um, very fortunate um, and very lucky to know who I am as an Aboriginal woman. Um, You know, uh, when you look at the history of Aboriginal people um, and colonisation, unfortunately, there's a lot of um, people that's been affected by things like Stolen Generation who are not so fortunate as me to know who they're from or who their mob is or um, their family tie or their traditional country. So I'm very proud um, and very strong in my identity and I'm very grateful for that as well.
0: Um, so this might kind of be like a little bit personal but just kind of on that note like growing up as a child and learning about like the Aboriginal history in Australia and the treatment of your ancestors like how how did that feel kind of growing up and learning about that and how did you kind of like I guess reconcile with that?
1: Um, yeah that's an interesting question I think when I look back at when I was growing up I think you know I celebrated being um, Aboriginal in the culture so much but you know you look at schools and that and you know it wasn't really taught in school so you know my family just brought me up really strong in celebrating um Aboriginal culture and I guess I didn't really like I knew a little bit about colonization and stuff but I don't think I really took the time to actually understand and know it probably until I went to university and was having some pretty serious conversations in the academic environment um yeah I think it's really different today I think kids are so much more all over the um History of Aboriginal people and culture um, and probably, you know, have a different experience to what I did growing up. But um, I guess in terms of trying to reconcile with that, I think, you know, just having conversations with um, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people um, and just trying to, you know, always look at, the instead of looking at Aboriginal culture from a deficit model or the history from a deficit model, but looking at it from yeah. strength-based. So, you know, we have survived and we are survivors and we are a strong culture and, you know, that pushes me to go forward. and. Dead, if that makes sense
0: yeah I get what you're saying um and I guess kind of on that like with conversations that you have with both Indigenous and non-Indigenous people what kind of is like the reaction when you tell people that you're an Indigenous woman
1: yeah um yeah no it's interesting it depends on the space that um you're in and I think you know I I will always allow people to know who I am as an Aboriginal woman and you know uh, looking at me you probably at first perception you wouldn't know that I'm an Aboriginal person so I Could have the luxury of choosing when on when or when not to be Aboriginal and I've never ever um, done that just based on like being brought up uh, by um, community and just never thinking that would ever be something I'd ever want to do. So I have been in interesting spaces where a lot of people don't know about Aboriginal culture or Aboriginal history or the perceptions around Aboriginality and it's been I've had interesting conversations including um, lots of conversations with non-Aboriginal friends and stuff but I think just always looking at it as an opportunity to provide that insight and if people are willing to listen, then that's um, good. And when there's those situations when people aren't necessarily willing to listen, like knowing when to step away and how that's more beneficial in the long run anyway.
0: And one thing I do want to ask you, um, so you work for a company called Clothing The Gap, which I absolutely love. I'm wearing my Clothing The Gap t-shirt as we speak. Yes, uh, um, the purple one. <laughs> yes, I love it. I bought it um, just after NADOC week and I, I wear it everywhere. <laughs> but I, I guess, can you maybe like um, tell the listeners a little bit about your organization and how Closing The Gap works to create change?
1: Yeah, so Clothing The Gap is an Aboriginal owned and led uh, social in- enterprise and um we're in the business of adding years to people's lives is um, kind of how we put ourselves. So we've got four full-time people working and we've all got um, a background in health promotion so we're all very super passionate about health and in particular um, you know the health of Aboriginal populations and you know so we kind of started off like that and then um, we use fashion as a tool to kind of have conversation starters not just around health but just other issues that are important to you know, not just also Aboriginal Australia, but Australia in general, and, you know, using fashion as a way to drive change has been something, you know, I think, because, you know, as we work in health promotion, um, we're good at promoting stuff, but using fashion as a tool has been um, really interesting, and yeah, and then I guess our other big thing is elevating other Aboriginal voices as well, doing advocacy around that
0: yeah and you're so right like when you wear a shirt or you wear something out it's such a great way to start a conversation and kind of put the message out there that people may not have even heard about like I know that i kind of heard about clothing the gap through seeing people wearing it around and kind of seeing it on Instagram so it's such a clever way to kind of get that engagement
1: yeah Um, and I think it's cool because it allows people to have conversations where there might not necessarily be Aboriginal people, but non-Aboriginal people can um, step into those spaces and have those conversations and take that cultural load or like that exhausting load of um, Aboriginal people off,
0: yeah. Yeah. And maybe one thing that I do want to add as a non-indigenous person, one of the things I loved about your website is that you have like the labels on the clothing, like when you go on the website, which says like um, mob only or ally friendly, which makes it really easy to identify like as a non-indigenous person, how you can engage with the product to help create a change as well. I thought that was really useful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. I'm glad that, um, you know, a lot of people have said that that's useful and, you know, we created that just, um, you know, so it's, is an easy way because I guess you know I can't speak from experience from a non-indigenous experience but I could imagine that that can be quite overwhelming and stuff like that and just making those steps a little bit easier and also like you know we would get messages all the time like can I wear this can I wear this and so we thought you know let's just make that really easy and um so people know um what spaces they can be and what
0: product they can have access to Definitely. And one of the kind of major campaigns you've run, the Free the Flag campaign. And can I just say this absolutely like gobs back to me when I found out about this. So for the people listening who may not know, can you tell us a little bit about it and why it's necessary?
1: Yeah, so the it's gosh, the Free the Flag campaign is so huge and it's so hard to um, condense into like one small moment. But I guess um, in a nutshell, the Free the Flag campaign um, is trying to free the um, licensing and copyright of the Aboriginal flag. So the Aboriginal flag currently has, um, is licensed to a non-Aboriginal organization and called Wham Clothing and they're sending out season desist letters, not just to us, but lots of Aboriginal community orgs and that. And so what it means is that you are actually legally not allowed to use the Aboriginal flag on not just clothing, but also digital media without seeking permission and paying to use it um, from this non-Aboriginal business.
0: So even as an Indigenous-led organisation, you're not allowed to use your own flag in your own website?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, you're not even allowed to use the Aboriginal flag like as an email signature. So, you know, if you put like, I acknowledge the traditional custodians and you put a little Aboriginal flag at the bottom of your email, no, you can't do that either. So I guess that's... Really the sad part is that, um, you know, we were hit with the season's assist and AFL were hit with the season's assist and NRL, but it's also been local Aboriginal community orgs and community groups that, you know, just want to um, celebrate our culture. But, yeah, it's um, a breach of the licensing agreement
0: that they have with this um, non-Aboriginal business. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> um, and you did touch on earlier about how quite often when we talk about Indigenous issues, it's very much defined as kind of like um, like a deficit Um, kind of situation so I guess I want to know like what are some of the kind of like misconceptions or like stereotypes that are perpetrated about Indigenous people that like just drive you crazy and that you wish didn't exist and I guess maybe on the flip side like what do you wish people did know that they kind of don't?
1: Yeah I think like um you know I don't try to think too much about the stereotypes because I don't identify with them as all and I don't identify our culture with them but I guess you know when you look at media portrayal of um Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people there are those really huge misconceptions around um Aboriginal health and um you know other stereotypes such as like alcohol and drugs and all that stuff which I really hate kind of talking about because that's not who we are and stuff like that and I guess I wish um you know people actually knew how strong we are as a culture like you think about it um you know since colonization we've fought to keep our languages and we've fought to keep our culture and I think you know people need to shift their focus onto that or you know we've I kind of see it as like you know we play we've played the game to get this far really well like you know now we've got lots of um Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with university degrees and you know working um in really big spaces that no one ever would have dreamed possible and I think sometimes we focus too much on the deficit of Um, let's look at the health gap between Aboriginal people but let's look at what Aboriginal people have already done to close the gap.
0: Yeah how far we've already come.
1: Yeah yeah no absolutely and I think you know um, I think there's platforms and spaces that do that really well and celebrate Aboriginal culture but I still think we I think for me because I I, as an Aboriginal person I surround myself with people that get it Mm. all the time um, and that are in my bubble and sometimes I step out of the bubble and I realise that there's still this huge misconception of my people and my culture and you know I think trying to change that up it's really hard um but we have come a long way in being able to do that and that's been the legacy of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people surviving colonization.
0: Yeah definitely and for the people who are listening along who um are not Indigenous but who want to be engaged and want to act as allies for the Indigenous community what advice would you give them like what what can people best do to be an ally to the community?
1: I think like for when you look at allyship and it's been such a big word that's been chucked around recently. And I think to become like an authentic, um, genuine ally in Aboriginal spaces is to really, I think number one would be like, allow yourself to actually become uncomfortable. You know, there are going to be times that you feel uncomfortable in Aboriginal spaces, especially if you're the the only non-Aboriginal person in that space. But remembering that's how Aboriginal people feel in mainstream spaces all the time and allowing yourself to be uncomfortable in that respect, but then also having uncomfortable situations or uncomfortable thoughts about thinking of your place of privilege um, in terms of in Aboriginal spaces is probably number one. And I guess the other one is just always knowing that you'll never be the expert in that respect and just being on this continuum of learning. And, you know, it's a hard thing and I can't talk as an ally. I'm not an ally. So, (laughs) but you know, I've seen I've seen good allyship and I've seen some really poor um, attempts of allyship. And, you know, we've got resources on the Clothing the Gap website that talks about how to be an ally or how to, when we talk about reconciliation, what non-Aboriginal people's roles actually in that. And, you know, because I, I could imagine that it is overwhelming for non-Aboriginal people and yeah. wanting to start, but just knowing where to start and making sure that you come from a place of being in this together as opposed to just wanting to, you know, help. Um, Aboriginal people and have that white savior mentality so navigating all that can be really tricky and I think just always learning being open to learning look at resources Aboriginal people put these resources out there so that it makes it a little bit easier for people to come on board and be on a journey with Aboriginal people so yeah that's kind of my perspective I
0: hope that helps. Yeah that's really helpful thank you so much and maybe like kind of looking towards the future, what would you like to see change? And I guess what do you think will kind of hopefully start to change as we move forward and continue to work to close the gap?
1: Yeah. So I think just kind of all the things I've already touched on, um, you know, having, you know, those really important conversations in really hard spaces um, to help, you know, spread awareness around like the true authentic Aboriginal culture and celebrating that in a real positive way to, celebrate health in aboriginal communities and stuff like that and uh, that's what i would like to see change like even the word like gap is really deficit-based even though we're called clothing the gap um yeah because it's so actually and stuff but um yeah. yeah and just i just think changing the perceptions around who can celebrate aboriginal culture i think you know especially when we look at things like the flag i think you know, the free the flag campaign, a lot of people think that's just a campaign for Aboriginal people, but it's also plays an integral part in um, Australian history. So it's an issue for everybody that, um, you know, resides in Australia. So, yeah, you know, um, not just thinking it's just up to Aboriginal people to celebrate their culture or close the gap or free the flag and stuff like that. And just knowing that everyone plays a role in that and how you play, it's very um, important just getting that perception out there I think is yeah really important to me and important in the work that we do at Closing the Gap.
0: Yeah and I think that's a really important message and correct me if I've got this wrong but essentially that it's it's not just for us to say like oh, Indigenous people need to do this it's about everyone coming together to support Indigenous people rather than just kind of like it's in, an Indigenous problem like it's an everyone problem does that kind of
1: yeah. make sense? Yeah <laughs> absolutely. especially when we look at Aboriginal health like a lot of people probably have that perception of like Aboriginal people, um, you know, that's something they brought upon themselves when yeah. actually it's not, it's a form of colonisation. And, you know, I think a lot of people think colonisation happened in the past, which, yeah, it did. But there's so much contemporary colonisation that still happens in everyday lives. And you see it in the way that, you know, um, Aboriginal people are denied access to adequate health care or denied... Um, fair treatment in the justice system and stuff like that. And that's still a form of colonisation. So people need to really think about what their role is, being educated around that, but then also their action pieces that follow on from that. So everyone has a role to play and it's not just up to, you know, my mob to, you know, do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I'm curious to get your opinion. So with the Black Lives Matter movement that we saw this year and like the Indigenous Lives Matter movement in Australia, and also how there's now a lot more press kind of around like the incarceration rates of Indigenous people and deaths in custody. How did that kind of make you feel? And what's your kind of like perception on how we're talking about those issues?
1: It's, yeah, especially well, when I think about it from the perspective of working at Closing the Gap, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement came about and then suddenly we had a surge in sales with t-shirts because I guess you know um, people wanted to get on board which is great and then thought well how can I support Aboriginal communities I'll I'll buy a shirt from Clothing the Gap which yeah that's cool but then we didn't want to look like we were profiting off the Black Lives Matter movement like we would never want to do that so it was up to us to create um real awareness around well what's your role as a um authentic ally and mm-hmm. are you just here to buy a shirt and tick a box and yeah. stuff like that so um you know just as our role at clothing the gap is elevating voices of um aboriginal people that have experienced injustices in their family has been really important and then making sure that the people um that buy into our products and stuff um are actually aware of those issues and how they can actually be genuine supporters in that Um, and you know we do sell t-shirts and stuff like that but we're more than just like don't just come to our website and buy a t-shirt like look around read everything else (laughs) yeah yeah and I you know the Black Lives Matter really um, opened our eyes to um, how powerful of a position that we can have but making sure that you know we actually play an integral part in you know creating awareness around that and not just you know selling shirts because people want to Um, you know, support us for a day or two? Like, what do they want to do um, that, you know, is long lasting that we can, so we can see the real um, outcomes of the Black Lives Matter movement?
0: Yeah. And do you feel like the, the outcome has been long lasting or do you feel like maybe it was a bit of a surge and then now that it's kind of dropped off the media and social media a bit, it's kind of gone away a
1: bit? Um, It's hard. I feel like it was hot for a little bit. Um, You know, it was the hot topic, but I think speaking from my perspective as an Aboriginal person, the Black Lives Matter movement is like ongoing always. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I don't really focus too much on what media, like the media portrayal and stuff, because it's often been so negative on um, Aboriginal mm. issues and that anyway. But, you know, being so closely linked to um, not just my own Aboriginal community, but I've got, um, you know, Aboriginal, friends and colleagues from across the country and just knowing there's so many of my friends and that that have experienced injustices and are fighting for the Black Lives Matter movement every single day you know so it doesn't really end for me it's not it's not it wasn't just hot back then but I guess for mainstream maybe it was but I feel like that's where we put the whole like well what's your legacy in supporting us um don't just yeah. buy a shirt and yeah. I hope that helps. I might
0: have rambled yeah. that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely get what you mean. And um, that's definitely something that I did. I made sure I clicked on every single link on the clothing, the guy website and kind of really read as much and got as much out of it as I could. And I think you touched on such a good point that it's like one thing to buy a shirt or to you know make a social media post or to do something like that. But then the kind of next step and the legacy that you're creating is really going out of your way to understand the experience, and as you were saying, make yourself uncomfortable. And admittedly, it, it does kind of make me a bit uncomfortable. And learning about, especially the colonial past, is is really confronting to know about. But I I would definitely argue that it's the work that we have to do.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And allowing yourself to be uncomfortable is just like the best way to get started with that. And yeah, learning about the history would be really uncomfortable. It's, I think it's uncomfortable for everyone. So no one's alone in that experience anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself and your experience on this podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, I've had a really good yarn and it's been good to be able to reflect on um, our why and, um, yeah, get our messages out there and hopefully, um, you know, shed some light into some of the work that we get to do every single day for um, mob.
0: Thank you for listening along to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed hearing Lena's perspective, I definitely recommend heading over to the Clothing the Gap website and having a look around at this amazing resource. I feel so honored to have had such an inspiring woman on my podcast and I really hope that you got something out of it and learned something new. I will be back in your ears next Monday. But until then, thank you and goodbye.